21CL Radio. You're listening to the Run Your Life podcast with host Andy Vassar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the GES Insightful Classroom Teacher Series. Uh, in today's episode, I have my friend and colleague Deanna on the show. Uh, we're going to start right away with Deanna giving you some backstory into her journey as an educator. So Deanna, take it away. Thank you, Andy. I'm honored to do this and happy new day to you. Happy new day, Deanna. (laughs) A little background on myself is that I've been in the field of education in various aspects for 25 years. And I came to Saudi Arabia five years ago after teaching in Billings, Montana for a number of years. And this is my first international job, and it was also my first time off the continent of North America. Very cool. And uh, a lot of international teachers have experience in different countries, and they bounce around different schools, three years here, four years there, and they learn a lot of different things. But for you, I think most of your career was spent in one place in Montana. Mm -hmm. So what is it within yourself that kind of sparked that desire for the sudden challenge to just move and go to a, a new place and a new school, that must have taken a lot of courage. I, I really would say one was my, my upbringing with my parents. They were always curious individuals. And every summer we did the old get in the family car and just travel and look and see. And the travel bug was inside of my heart. And um, over time I was married and had two sons, and I was a single mom for it quite early on. Yeah. And so I needed to be a responsible parent and yeah. take care of my sons, but I still had that desire in my heart to see the world. And um, timing's everything, Andy. Yeah, for sure. My boys grew up and left home, and I just decided to dive in. And when I was at the job fair, one thing Where resonated. Where was the job fair? It was in San Francisco. Okay. And... One thing that resonated with me was that the main keynote speaker said, don't just look at uh, the place you want to go. Cast your net far and wide. And it opened my mind, and where where did I want to apply? And our, our working life is such a huge part of our life. It was like, what school did I feel a connection with? Yeah. You know, even in, in the administration. So mm-hmm. that's... That's what how it, it evolved. From right. There. And then you ended up here yeah. at the Coast School. I did. Amazing. <laughs> Very lucky. Um, so, Deanna, what are you here to talk about today? I'm here to talk about student voice and how it has led me through a journey of inquiry and how that has taken so many different paths. And fortunately, here at the Coast School, we're embracing we're embracing this and um so embracing the idea of using student voice right very much yeah. very much and 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 also how it how we put it as a professional educator forward right in in our practice so the old sage on the stage ideas really here 
don't fit yeah. at all, which is great because that's really where where the rubber hits the floor anyway is yeah. with the kids. Yeah, this that's, is them. that's the idea of um, direct instruction still has a place at times, yes. but knowing when that place is um, instead of just using it as a, uh, an overarching teaching style, it becomes more utilizing student voice to teach you things about your, your own teaching. Um, one of the things here about professional inquiries is that it's not an add-on feature to the work that we do. Professional inquiries, when it, when it is distilled down to the essence of what matters most, it really has to do with your own teaching practice. So it's things you're going to learn about your own teaching anyways. But I guess talk through, I know last year at the beginning of the year, you had decided on a certain professional inquiry about teaching, but then talk about how that shifted and how you started to use student voice and what you learned from it. Okay. Well, last year we, uh, I did, I came in thinking what, I felt would be the best fit for the students that I had. Then we have uh, student voice on interlead happen where the kids fill in their feedback on the classroom, on your teaching, all of it. Right. So, so interlead, just to give people some backstory, interlead is a service that we use here. That's, that's, um, from uh, New Zealand. It's based out of New Zealand and it, it re it's a tool. It's a technological tool to help us um, with our professional inquiries. And it's uh, online journaling and you open up your journal to different teachers in the school and, and administrators in hopes of having professional dialogue and receiving feedback. So within Interlead, there's the, the student voice mechanism that allows you to um, provide surveys to your students where they can give you feedback on your teaching specifically related to certain areas, right? So you use that tool. Now speak more about I did. that. I did. And Andy and I received no money for yeah. the interlead <laughs> plug. Yeah. plug but yeah. it's, it's, it's a tool within, yeah. within doing all of this journey. It's yeah. one piece. It gave us a base, yeah. actually. So the children did it. I left the room. So that it was very much their voice, which I think was important as mm -hmm. well. And then we, we got the information back and it was my ugh, aha moment. Yeah. What I had in all my so-called wisdom thought was the, the path. Yeah. They saw it as a totally different need. And what they were asking for was um, to further their learning. And it fell under this category of homework. Mm -hmm. But I spoke to our principal and, of course, my lovely Pedco. And we're like, uh, maybe they're saying they want to continue what they're doing. And so that gave me a platform to talk to them and turn it back so that they didn't just fill in the, the interlead voice. But they actually, I honored them by asking them why. And digging deeper, and in, digging deeper into the information. Yeah. So stop. Put on the brakes. Stop. Rethink. Redo. Uh, time to change and listen to what they wanted. Now, was it perfect? Of course not. We had our moments of things did go great, and we had the um, connections and things like that. Mm -hmm. But then you have to also on inquiry. You have to stop and think about all of the kids. So in the spring, we did it again. 
And this time uh, you came in mm-hmm. as well and you gave your story to help support the kids thinking and mm-hmm. being truthful, but knowing that they were honored. Yeah, I think that idea of letting kids know that their thoughts, opinion, opinions, and, and feelings truly matter, that we are taking this very seriously here. So we're placing responsibility on them to give honest feedback, to not think that they're going to hurt the teacher's feelings mm-hmm. by saying certain things mm-hmm. or choosing an area that uh, they feel the teacher might not be very good at. Mm-hmm. So the, we did it the second time. And what did you learn from the second time? I learned um, one significant thing that I really took home last year was that some of the a couple of the children I had not really connected with on the level, the feedback was actually they felt that I did listen to them and spent more time with them fine-tuning some of the coaching that they needed because I heard they wanted to learn more. And I made sure to figure Take the time to dig deeper into what 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 makes them tick, yeah, and try to connect that. Which is all developing deep and meaningful relationships in the classroom yeah. to allow mm-hmm. you to dig deeper into their thoughts and and what they ma- uh, what matters most to them. And so now I'm going to back it up okay. again to the beginning of the year. What was your initial inquiry about last year? Yeah, it was. I thought it would be how to um, take the scientific method and the vocabulary of that and interlace that with with everything because that's part of my background. Um, And I thought that would be a great way to support within the science and technology community. Yeah. But that's not what they... Well, that's that's the interesting thing here is that, again, your professional inquiry started very outside of yourself and and you know as you said in the area of science and and how you can develop a understanding uh, with the kids uh, science terminology science concepts all of that so very much um, external mm-hmm. but what student voice and what the professional inqu- inquiries kind of do is to pull it back to you and what your spheres of influence are. Mm-hmm. So now suddenly, after the initial student voice, it was on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. What were you going to do as a teacher? Mm-hmm. It wasn't about vocabulary or math or science. It was back squarely on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. So how did you see, if you had to compare yourself uh, from the Deanna at the beginning of the year to doing student voice twice and changing and learning, what was the big learning for you that you took away that you were most proud of? Oh, I, I think, Andy, that at the end of the day, the children really felt that this was their learning environment. Third grade belonged to them. It, it wasn't my teacher set me, told me yeah. this was my this is this this but it was theirs and i feel like that in the long run was the best i have a kind of a a great analogy that i heard the other day that i've been thinking about and it's like would you go to a financial planner who you knew their background was they're broke they don't have any money would you trust that financial planner Probably not. <laughs> so right. why would a, a kids mm-hmm. buy into me as a teacher if I'm not trying to 
take take what they need what where they're yeah. at and and learning so that I can put it forward for them but I'm changing myself and I'm making sure that their investment is worth their time yeah and so that's what my big Ab- absolutely take and I think what I appreciate uh, the most about your journey is you know like you said you've been in education for 25 years and and you hear it some teachers the longer they're in education whether it be internationally or back home in public systems they talk about um, their disillusionment with education and they more or less begin to count down the days to retirement and uh, moving away from being a teacher and and I think what your journey embodies is that you know that commitment to the profession and that ongoing learning that you're willing to to um, engage in and the time you're willing to invest to learn more and become better and better and better so i think that's very noble and that's what the profession needs so in moving forward uh speak a little bit about so that was your inquiry last year then we had a discussion that at the beginning of this year, you mm-hmm. felt that you were just going to continue with that inquiry. But what did you learn? Oh, yet another aha moment yeah. <laughs> that my uh, that because I had learned so much doing that, why not continue doing the feedback and things? Yeah. Nope, whole different clientele walked through that door yeah. the first part of you know first part of August, and again I had talked to um, wrote had looked at on the interlead where I could evaluate myself, look mm-hmm. at the kids' feedback from last year, those sort of things, and uh, thought I had this all set up. And then the kids are just, like I said before, they're just a different clientele. Different needs. They, they are. And yeah. um, so, again, I need to invest myself appropriately mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. And so speaking with you and, of course, our wonderful principal and my lovely pedco changed my whole inquiry again. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that's what it's about because we, like you said, you get a whole new, you know, you got a whole new cohort, a whole <laughs> new clientele that will have different needs. So you've got to, again, listen to them and it'll yeah. take time for them to get to know you. So you mm-hmm. can't do student voice boom right away. Mm-hmm. You've got to get to know them. They have to get to know you. And then through student voice, you'll learn and establish a new direction, potentially Mm -hmm. maybe the same direction with different tweaks, who knows, but it's just that idea of being open to changing things up based on the students you have in front Mm -hmm. of you, right? I agree, yes, absolutely. So is there any uh, bit of advice for the teacher listening to this or the administrator listening to this um, that professional inquiries are not uh, mandatory, they don't have to do professional inquiries, or they don't have a tool such as Interlead mm-hmm. to collect student voice, what would be your advice to the teacher or administrator who would like to begin to um, get student voice more part, or make student voice more part of the feedback process in order to improve? So what's something they can do? I, I really think it starts with us as adults modeling that that's an okay thing to do. And that the children don't do not have to be little puppets and say what they think we want to hear, yeah. but also that there's a respect that they can give and take, and that just starts with some with dialogue. Yeah. And I think, like you said, uh, 
in a classroom, you, you do have a honeymoon period at the start of the year, trying to get to know each other. But, you know, uh, um, arranged marriages take work too. Yeah. So we are in that as yeah. teachers. Yeah. But it's worth the time. Take the time to listen to them. And I know school days are so packed. They're mm-hmm. just so packed. But find that find those moments to listen to them. They come through our classroom doors with things we don't even know every mm-hmm. day. And we need them to read, write, do math, all those things, but yet they're still little human beings. So, and and learn and learn about them and yes. as you as you say, take the time, make the time, because in making the time to establish these relationships and know more about the students, it'll pay large dividends in the future in regards to all of the things you're trying mm-hmm. to do, such as teach maths and language and yes. and science and all of those things. So Deanna, thank you very much for being on uh, this week's episode. Um, I think teachers will find a lot of value in uh, your story and what you shared. So everybody, thanks for listening to uh, this week's episode, and I hope you come back to listen to future episodes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, as always, we wrap up each episode with a reflection, John Davidson and I. Uh, so, John, let's uh, begin right away, and you can share your thoughts uh, related to what Diana had uh, mm. talked about in the podcast. Yeah, well, a bit of an advantage here, because my little girl was in that class two years ago, and um, it was a wonderful work, uh, year for her, because uh, she had a wonderful teacher, and it's all about those relationships you build up with the students uh, as she was talking I was thinking she still asks after my daughter and my daughter still remembers her time in that class because of that that bond that they formed um, and it's all about the there's some saying is know your curriculum and know your children and she does both she knows that in you know, her curriculum inside out so in her class the other day as she was looking at a unit on geology and she was such a good inquiry teacher Kids started asking questions. She goes, you know what? I'm going to stop here. I'm going to get those rocks out. And she had collections of rocks. She had rocks and magnifying glasses. And the students were asking great questions because of her little prompts, her little tweaks. And she knew her kids inside out. So that was a big takeaway for me is that you can never assume that one class is the same as another. She said how one cohort came in and she had to totally rethink because they are, they're a collection of individuals who are more than the sum of the whole. You know, they are, they are quite exceptional. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's that idea of what she talked about, investing the time, and, and we can get caught up with curriculum dem- demands and having to teach this, that, and the other thing. But at the end of the day, you have to create uh, time to uh, develop those relationships and get to know your students, and she is clearly invested in this. Mm-hmm. And that is what our professional inquiries are all about here, is investing in in student voice because they're going to tell you a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think she summed it up by saying that she was originally focused on a science inquiry, but then with the initial student voice last year, it was suddenly drawn right back to her as a person and a teacher and what was within her own spheres of influence and what she could control, which was... Um, kind of everything she needed to do to better know her students and honor what they wanted. And in this case, it was more learning, Mm -hmm. you know. So 
I think coming from a 25-year veteran of teaching, it's very noble that you still have this curiosity about yourself and about um, being the best teacher that you can be, and, and De- Deanna really embodies that. She does indeed. Yeah, I love that phrase that grade three felt it was their classroom. Uh, really summed it up. Yeah. Ownership and voice. Yes, totally. Um, so that's it for our reflections this week. Um, up next is Melissa McQuaid. Melissa was sick last week. She was supposed to be on the show, but um, we postponed that. So she will be in the next episode. So everybody, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the GES Insightful Classroom Teacher Series. I hope you come back to listen to future episodes. Thanks for listening to the Run Your Life podcast by Andy Bassett. To check out show notes, get some more information about Andy as well as his guests, head to our website, 21clradio.com.